be going back there to Romans chapter number 8 tonight. And uh, sure thank you for being attentive this morning and listening to what the Lord has put on my heart. And uh, I sure hope that He'll speak to us uh, tonight one more time. Uh, if He don't speak during the preaching, boy, it's just a big waste of time. And if I um, ain't prepared in my heart and in my mind to preach what God's put uh, on my heart, uh, I'll fail you, but more importantly, I'll fail Him. And he's given me an order to feed the flock of God. And, uh, and so I'm going to try my best to give you what he's put on my heart tonight. And uh, I pray it will be a blessing to you. Romans chapter number 8. And we'll begin reading again tonight in verse number 1. Romans chapter number 8 and verse number 1. Uh, if you're there, say amen. amen. The Bible said, There is therefore now, no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh. He did not send Him in sinful flesh, but in the likeness of sinful flesh. And for sin. Anybody ever ask you, well, why would God send His only Son to this old wicked world? Right there's your answer. He sent Him for sin. And He condemned sin in the flesh that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Verse number 4 is conditional. That the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh. Notice that. God leaves us a choice. There's consequences for the wrong one and there's rewards for the right one. Verse number 5. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. But they that are after the Spirit the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is dead. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. For it is not subject to the law of God. Look here. Neither indeed can be. I want you to understand something. Carnal thinking is death. Verse number 6. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. And he said, because the carnal mind is enmity against God. Now, notice what he said. For it is not subject to the law of God. What's the law of God? The B-I-B-L-E. Yeah. Yes, that's the book for me. I stand upon the Word of God. The B-I-B-L-E. That's the law of God. If you're thinking carnally in your mind and your carnal mind and you're operating in the flesh and carnal thinking, it's enmity against God. And it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. But I love verse number 9. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if so be. See, a lot, most, most places in this day and hour would read that and they'd stop. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. And that's as far as they'd go. 
They'd preach the prosperity that if you said this prayer, done these deeds, or go to church, or pray, or take communion, or read your Bible, or what have you, that you're in Christ, but it's conditional. Notice what he said. Uh, but ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, what's it say? What about that? Verse 10. And if Christ be in you, the body is because of sin. But the Spirit is because of whose righteousness? Oh yes. Boy, I'm about to throw something. Verse 11. But if the Spirit of Him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies. That's what we're living in right now. By His Spirit that dwelleth in you. That's at the last day. That is the rapture of the church. These old mortal bodies will be raptured from the ground. Quickened by the Spirit of God that dwells in us. Verse number 12. Therefore, in light of, because of what we've just read, He said, brethren, we are debtors. Boy, that's good. I don't care who you are. That's, that's, that's good. Holy Ghost, Bible, I'm not going to say theology or principle, preaching. Yeah. Yeah. Brethren, we are debtors. Yeah. Not to the flesh, to live after the flesh. For if you live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if ye through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, Ye shall live. Man, I could read that and just and close my Bible and go home and shout. The Word of God is powerful. It's quick and it's powerful and it's sharper than any two-edged sword piercing the soul of man asunder. And I'm going to tell you what we need in these hours and these days, Brother Shelby. We need the Word of the living God. So if I could tonight, I want to go back and preach on that thought out of verse number 12. Brethren, we are debtors. Brethren, we are debtors. Would you pray with me? And please pray for me tonight. Father, we do love you. Lord, we do thank you. Lord, for the good spirit that we already felt in our soul tonight. Thank you, Lord, for that special day, God, that we all have whether on a Sunday or a Wednesday or a Friday. Uh, God, whatever day that it was when you came by our way, God, you took time out of eternity, Lord, to speak to our hearts and draw our wicked hearts, Lord, to repentance. And God, where we broke in our spirit and yielded to the voice and the preaching and the power of the Word of God and the free pardon and the gift of salvation. Thank you, Lord, that we have that ability tonight to rejoice that our sins are gone. God, I pray tonight, Lord, that you'd touch me and help me, Lord, to wade through these Scriptures, verse by verse, word by word, line by line, precept 
upon precept. God, help me, Lord, to preach in the power and the unction in the demonstration of the Holy Ghost of God. I cannot feed these people on my own. So, Lord, please help me for a little while. And for what you do in me, through me, and for me, we'll sure thank you and praise your lovely name. Please speak one more time. We ask and pray in Jesus' name and for his sake and all the Lord's people said, Amen and Amen. I want to go back this tonight and kind of just review a little bit about what we talked about this morning and and we'll move on if the Lord will help us and preach on this thought. Brethren, we are debtors. Uh, can I say verse number one uh, is enough reason for you and I uh, to take our lives and devote every part of who we are to the Lord Jesus Christ and the gospel and the cause and the commission that God has given each and every one of us. You better hear me tonight if you're saved. You're not saved just to sit on a church pew. There's so many people that feel like, well, I'm saved and I know I'm on my way to heaven, but I can't do this or I'm not good at that. I have nothing that I can offer, but that's not so. Did you know God has never asked or required of men to offer anything they don't have? The problem is, it's not that you don't have something to offer. The issue is our something is often not enough in our eyes, but it is sufficient in the eyes of God. Can I say if you don't have a gift in the world, uh, you can still offer you. You can give God what you are. You can give God what you've got. Uh, Lord, I'm not talented, but uh, Lord, here I am. That's all He wants. Uh, He wants our lives and He wants our minds and He wants every single thing uh, uh, that we do have He wants us to offer to Him. We are in debt tonight. And I understand, don't take this the wrong way or uh, mix up what I'm saying. We are not earning anything in paying our debt. Uh, You're not going to repay the Lord for saving you. Uh, You'll never, I don't care if you had a million lifetimes, we could never pay off that debt. That's why He came. But we are in debt to Him in the sense of He has given His only begotten Son that you and I can live in the freedom, in the free pardon of sin with now therefore no condemnation uh, my friend with mercy and grace and truth uh, uh, coming together on the cross of Calvary and our righteousness being uh, as filthy as rags and His righteousness being righteous and holy and pure and perfected and it's been imputed unto us therefore we my friend are debtors to the Lord we are in debt we ought to live our lives for him not because we have some kind of debt we think that we ought to pay back but because we love him can I say if you do if you if you'll serve God for the Lord what He's done for you and who He is to you, you'll have no problem staying faithful to serving the Lord. I've seen so many people fall out, quit church, get discouraged, leave, go down the road, church hop. You've seen all that because their joy and satisfaction and their drive, their motivation for serving the Lord is in everything but Jesus. People, you know, I, I ain't a statistics man because they've never not one time asked me. 
So I don't know where they get their stats from, but I ain't a part of them. I know that. But statistically, they say over 80% of people on some kind of survey that's been given, over 80% of people check the box. The reason they go to church where they go to church is for friendships and relationships. Now, I've seen that and so have you. Because when so-and-so gets hurt or upset or somebody does them wrong or the feelings get hurt or what have you, and they get man packed up, there's usually one or two go right behind them. Now, you know what that tells me? God and everybody else, they were never there for the right reason to begin with. I'm going to tell you something tonight, folks. We are debtors, look here, not to Stillwater Baptist Church, not to Pastor Josh Griffith, not to Deacon, not to the choir, not to one another. We are debtors to Christ because we've been saved through and by His blood and His sacrifice and we're righteous through His righteousness and we're sealed by His own blood. Uh, my friend, this thing ain't about us. It's all about Him. So we are debtors to Christ. If your motivation is anything but Jesus, you better hear me. You're in for a long road of Christianity and you're probably not going to make it. You can't serve God for people. Are y'all with me? Now this is the cream of the crop and I expect y'all to get with me tonight. I felt like it's just me and me up here this morning. So y'all are going to have to tell me and I will throw stuff if you don't. That's fair. That's a warning. I mean, consider it a warning shot. I will throw bottles of water at my men if y'all don't help me tonight. All right? We are debtors to the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not about us, it's all about Him. So, verse number one says, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. To walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. I'm not going to re-preach all this. I'm just going to mention it and we'll move on. This morning I said number one, as a saved child of God, you are a debtor to the Savior. He's the starting point. Verse number two said, For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. Uh, he's the only one that paid that debt we could not pay. Uh, he paid a debt he did not owe and we had a debt that we could not pay. We are in debt to Jesus Christ for the price that's been paid uh, for our soul on the cross uh, of a hill called Calvary. The Bible said in 1 Corinthians 6.20 For ye uh, are bought with the price therefore glorify God in your mortal bodies uh, in your body and in your spirit which are God's. Uh, uh, the Bible said in Romans 12 verse 1 and 2 I beseech you therefore brethren by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice holy and acceptable unto God which is your reasonable service and be not conformed to this world but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God as the Bible said in Luke 9 23 and he said to them all if any man will come after me let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me Matthew 10 38 
And he that taketh not his cross and followeth after me is not worthy of me. And Mark chapter 8 verse 35, for whosoever shall save his life shall lose it, but whosoever shall lose his life for my sake for the and the gospel's the same shall save it. I'm trying to tell you, brethren, we are debtors to the Savior tonight. He bought us in His own blood. I can't imagine how we must feel when we forsake and neglect our duties and our debt. I mean, think about all that He gave. We wonder of heaven almost sometimes as if it's a fairy tale land. It's almost too good in this old fleshly carnal mind. It's almost too good to be true. And y'all ever thought that way? Don't act so spiritual. I'm the pastor. And I can't tell you the times I've went home. And this old carnal mind said, Is all that stuff really true? Y'all with me? Man, y'all looking at me like you're mad at me. But you've done it. I mean, I've sat and went back and forth. Lord, I know there's a God. I believe the gospel. I believe that Jesus is the Son of God and He is God. And we believe in the Trinity around here. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost. They're not in thirds. They're all God. And so I don't understand that. Well, God didn't ask us to understand it. He asked us to believe it. Have faith and trust that God is... He, uh, listen to me. A God that can speak this planet into existence. You might as well stop now trying to figure Him out. We're never going to figure Him out. We never it wasn't nice to figure Him out. We've been called to figure Him in. Just believe what He said. You know, uh, that's why they label preachers like me as brainwashers. They call me, Brother Isaac, they, they, they call preachers like myself dictators. And they call churches like what we are a cult. Are y'all with me? And they call the gospel that we preach heresy and bigotry. And, and they say it's nothing but brainwashing. But I'm here to tell you, I, I believe that book, every jot and tittle, every line, every T, every letter, every number, every chapter. Verse, I believe that God is exactly who He said He is in this book. He never called us and told us to try to figure it all out. He said we just need to believe it by faith. People say, well, I ain't got that much faith. Let me tell you something. I'm running a rabbit. To me, it takes more faith to say that all this came from nothing as it does to say when we look at creation, there must be a creator. Yeah. Think about the chemical makeup of a human being. You know, the great, one of the, probably the greatest physical miracle I have ever witnessed with my eyes Amen. is my children being born. Yeah. It's a miracle. It that women's bodies are made to birth a human being. I can't even handle constipation. Let alone childbirth. Are you with me? I mean, Lord have mercy. I can't. I, I, I just, Brother Isaac, one of these days, God's going to give you a wife. It's going to blow your mind. 
Because she's going to go in there and they're going to throw her in the saddle. They're going to say, okay, here comes a contraction. Ready? Come on, mama. One, two, three. Push, 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 three. Push. I'm over going, yeah. Yeah. All of a sudden, that beautiful wife and that beautiful, and I'm not being perverted, that beautiful body that you're so attracted to, all of a sudden, you look, you say, oh, dear God. <laughs> There's a human in there. I'm not being ugly, this is true. God designed it that way. It's not perfect, it's true. And I said, okay, here comes another contraction. Mama, ready? One, two, three. Push, mama, push, mama, push. Yeah! And push her, yeah! And the next second, I said, oh, God! And my wife is the champion. Because she pushed six minutes and Emma leaped out of her mother's womb. There that little baby is. How, so how in the world does that thing survive in there? I'm a weirdo, man. I got pictures of that stuff on my phone right now. There's something in there. It's a purple sack of some kind. It's about that big around. And it's got veins and blood vessels and all kind of other stuff going everywhere and it just falls out. Yep. Some come out of me, sound like I'd be great dark stone cold dead. <laughs> so where'd that come from? The baby's got a pasty white, something other all over it. And here comes that cord and they clamp that cord here and clamp that cord there. And they say, all right, daddy, you want to cut the cord? So yeah, I've got it to do before I reckon I can. Take them scissors, snip. That little baby, she's been in her mother's womb. Yep. All of a sudden now it's crying. Uh-huh. Looking around and breathing air. Yeah. And ooh and awing. Yep. And I look down at that and I say, oh my goodness. That's my baby. Yeah. It came from my loins. Yeah. Yeah. That's a miracle. Now, if you think two gnats had a head-on collision and a big boom went off and all that stuff just worked out perfectly, you need to sue your brain for non-support. You're dumb as a rock. I don't know how else to tell you. I, unless it's church, I have no I'm redneck, I'm trying to dress up and sue, but you stupid. If you think all that stuff is an accident, in the history of the planet, the world's never missed one season. Not one year's went by that winter failed to show up. Where everything dried up and died. Mm-hmm. Not one year has ever passed by that come about March, early April, that sap begins to rise in the trees and the grass begins to grow and the Easter flowers begin to pop out and the birds get another pet in their step and turkey start good, God Almighty. Turkey start gobbling. Hallelujah! Again, the spring, everything comes to life. Never missed it one time. And then it turns summer. Mosquitoes ain't never got confused and tried to come out in January. They're out right now. I've got one on my finger right there. It hurts. Teach you. Y'all, y'all follow me? Yeah. The snakes go and hide, but they come back out. Yeah. And then fall comes. It's never missed. Right. Everything starts turning colors. It's so beautiful right before it dies. And then winter. Then spring. 
than summer and fall. Y'all, are y'all following what I'm saying? Yeah. So perfect. Where'd that come from? Jesus Christ. Amen. In the beginning, God. That's all you need to know. Yeah. You say, I don't believe that. Well, what do you believe? Uh-huh. You know the old saying from a tadpole to a monkey to something else to a professor with a PhD? I mean, listen, folks, it takes a lot more faith to believe than a nothing. I mean, how does something show up for nothing? There must be a creator. Yeah. Amen. I said, I'd like to say this. The one that spoke this whole planet into existence and created every part, every function, every blood cell, every fiber, every tendon, every muscle, every organ, every hair on your head, the one that created all these things in perfection lives inside of you and I. Yeah. And sent his only son to die in our stead. Why should you go to church? It ain't for nothing or nobody but Him. I mean, He's the reason we've got anything and everything. I mean, there's nothing without Jesus tonight. We're debtors tonight to the Savior. Got many names. The Savior is the Advocate. He's the altogether lovely. He's the Prince of Peace. He's the Captain of the Lord's host. He's the Chief Cornerstone. He's Alpha. He's Omega. He's the first and the last. He's the beginning and the end. He's the author and the finisher of the faith. I mean, He's the Prince of Peace. He's the Captain of the Lord's army. He's the Chief Shepherd. He's the door. He's my delight. He's pure and perfect and beautiful and holy. He's the dearest friend I've ever had. I'm trying to tell you... to the greatest Savior this side of heaven nobody likes him and there's nobody like him there's nothing that compares to him and he loved me enough to save my never dying soul I'm in debt to him tonight if you'll make that your focus you'll be here about 30 years from now but if this thing's about who does you right or wrong or who's for you or against you or who's on your nerves or who's not or how good the preaching was or how good so and so sang or if you got to hear your favorite singer or your favorite song or if you got to set your design designated that ain't got your name on it see helping somebody boy ain't church just got stupid I mean I think all of us need to switch it up just cause you should just to prove that don't matter to me where I sit Hey, I'm just glad to be here. Y'all with me? I feel good tonight. I'm about to say, I'm going to get dangerous. All this stuff shouldn't matter, Deacon. If we got what we deserve, we'd be in hell tonight. But thank God He loved me despite me. And He birthed me in the family of God. And He put a new mind, a new heart. I'm a new creature through Christ tonight. Boy, we're in debt to the Savior. He's responsible for all this. That's right. <laughs> my, my, my. You wouldn't have a pot to pee in if it wasn't for the Lord Jesus. Right. We get so greedy. What's ours is ours. Our time. That's my, that's my, you're on my time. What time do you got? 
You ever lived a day that you was responsible for giving yourself? I know this is elementary, common sense, but it's a reminder. We're debtors to the Savior. I just don't have the time to go down there all the time for revival. Who in the world has three revivals in a year in a camp meeting too? Us. Why? Because that's what God said to do. And if you think that's stupid, talk to God. Y'all with me? I ain't never done that. Seven years. But this year, God said you need three to thrive. I said, okay, sign me up. Whatever. How are we going to pay for all that? Don't worry about it. I told you have it, so we'll take care of the needs on that. All right, Lord. All right, Lord. They think, people think we're crazy. But you know the issue? A lot of them's lost, number one. Number two, those who are saved, they forgot who saved them. They put that account on their own ticket like they've earned it or like it's something they've accomplished. But my friend, I'm here to tell you we couldn't blink our eyes without the strength and the Spirit of God. We couldn't draw our next breath if God, glory, if God didn't give us another breath. Uh, my friend, we couldn't lift our eyes uh, and we couldn't put our feet on the ground. Uh, uh, my friend, we couldn't open that Bible and read a word if it was not. Uh, uh, for the good grace of God, I say hallelujah that God has been good in my life. I'm a debtor tonight and I'm not mad about it. I'm not upset that I'm a debtor. I'm glad to be a debtor to Christ. We're a debtor tonight to the Savior. i got to move on. I said I wasn't going to preach it again. I lied. But it was better tonight than it was this morning. We're a debtor to the Savior as a saved child of God. Number two, You're a a debtor to the Spirit. Look at verse 4, the Holy Ghost. The Bible said the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. How is any righteousness ever going to be fulfilled in you and I? It is through and by only the power, the means of the Holy Ghost that lives within us. We are a debtor to the Spirit of God. I said number one this morning concerning the Spirit of God, you're to be led by the Spirit. Verse number five, six, seven, and eight. Uh, And verse number 13 and verse number 14. Verse number 13 said, For if you live after the flesh, you shall die. But if ye through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, you shall live. Verse 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. We are to be led by the Spirit. But secondly tonight, we are to be in love with the Spirit. Uh, Can I say the Bible said in 2 Corinthians 3 verse number 17, Now the Lord is that Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. I've done said it, but God the Father is God and God the Son is God and God the Holy Ghost the Holy Spirit He also is God if we say we love God you're saying you love God the Father you love God the Son and you love God the Holy Ghost my friend the Holy Spirit is God and He ought to be in charge and leading your life you ought to love Him. You know how many people resist the voice of the Holy Ghost? I wonder how many of y'all resisted Him this week. 
Who you reckon that is speaking to you? As a saved child of God. It's the Spirit. I understand God speaks to us through His Scriptures. I understand God speaks to us in many different ways, but it's the Spirit of God. You know, you can't even understand what's being said tonight without the Spirit of God. It's all a bunch of gibberish. Can I say, my boy, I'm about to get in trouble. got in a big way I said this is Holy Ghost preaching because it was unscripted it was not wrote down it was nothing it was God just speaking to me and I was speaking to you what he spoke to me 
And so we're to be led by the Spirit, but we're to be in love with the Spirit. Can I say tonight as a debtor, you are to love, number one, His call. You all know how you became saved? The call of the Spirit. There's nothing or nobody that can come to Christ except to be drawn and convicted. Who done that? Who called your name the night or the day you got saved? The Spirit of God. You ought to love His call. He's not only called us to salvation, but after we've been called to salvation, guess what He does next? Calls us to service. To some, that's more than just a lay member serving the church. To some, like myself, he put a special call on my life to preach the gospel. And so I surrendered to that call. And I began to preach anywhere he'd open the door. And then he began to work on me again. And he took that same call and he added to it. Not only do I want you to preach, I want you to pastor. I had 14 heart attacks. I said, Lord, you know who you're talking to? I mean, I just got out of court for a misdemeanor. That's the truth. Then, charged with a misdemeanor. Game war. Boom, got me. Mr. Grady Bridges. The possum police. I got a bunch of other names I can't say in church. Y'all want to be so spiritual, and I know you people. <laughs> got right out the Lord, got called to preach, got me a misdemeanor. <laughs> yes! Then we're on door, he said, Where are you holding on? You coons, I slain dot them. If you go down there, I'll never I can tell you where a bunch are, but I ain't got none. Y'all with me? Misdemeanor. Lord, you show. You want me. God, hey, how am I going to do this? Here I am now. I said I figured out. <laughs> I was a mess. Sister Nett got a special reward. We'll put that for Special crown for the early days of Ricky. Y'all got, y'all got friends and So what are we talking about? The Spirit of God. Y'all learn to live yielded to the Spirit of God, but you ought to love Him and His call. Secondly, you ought to love the Spirit of God's conviction. Why is it people get so mad and stubbed up when God starts speaking to them, convicting them? They get mad. And preacher, listen, it ain't, it ain't, I ain't up here because that's just what I want to do. What the, what the Scripture says is what He said. And if that bothers you, listen, we don't. That's, that's why we're so hard against these other Bibles. They call themselves Bibles. They ain't Bibles. There's one Bible. There's one Word of God. And I can keep it here at midnight and prove that. But you know what the problem is with all the other Bibles? They changed it and manipulated it and added to it and took it away. I mean, listen, I, I don't know about y'all, but I don't want a Bible and they don't even try to hide it. It'll go literally, I'll show you, in a bunch of them. It'll go verse number 12, 13, 14, 15, and it'll go straight to 20. Yeah. They don't even change numbers. Yeah. 
But I'll let you know they took five verses out. And that's all being manipulated because they don't want the, 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 the people to conform their lives to the scriptures so they conform the scriptures to the lives of the people. Listen, we don't work on our terms. We are not in charge. He is. We're to be led. We're to love the call of the Holy Ghost. We're to love the conviction of the Holy Ghost. But thirdly, thank God for this one. We ought to love the comfort of the Holy Ghost. Man, I ain't going to get my other two points. I'm a liar. But think about what, this, what the Scriptures say about the Holy Ghost being our comforter. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3 and 4. Now listen. Blessed be God, even the Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforted, uh, comforteth us in our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. You know what it just said? Our comforter's so good, he'll give us the ability to comfort others because he's comforted us. And we can take our times when God has been the one to comfort us to tell people and give them comfort. If God comforted me and took care of me, you can mark her down, honey. He'll, he'll, he'll show up, comfort, and take care of you. I mean, that's unexplainable. Listen, hey, we can't that God is the God of all comfort and He takes time through His Spirit to comfort the hearts of His people. Hey, somebody help me. He loves us enough. He will comfort us when we need comforting. John 14, 18. He said, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. We're talking again about the God that spoke the whole world into existence. We're talking about the God that left heaven in the form, the likeness of sinful flesh, the likeness of man. Not only did He take our sin, He became our sin. He who knew no sin became sin for us that we might be set free from the bondage of sin. I'm trying to tell you that God loves us enough tonight. That He sent and left us the Holy Ghost to comfort us. Psalms 94, 19. In the multitude of my thoughts. Think about this. Within me thy comforts delight my soul. Y'all follow me? The comforter can not only comfort your feelings. He can bring comfort to your thoughts. How many of y'all has ever been messed up in your mind? How many lies has your mind told you? Listen, we give too much credit to the devil. A lot of them lies, he ain't speaking to you. It's your old flesh talking. Our flesh is as big as enemy to us as the devil is. You can mark that down. And the Lord said that this comforter has the ability to even comfort us in our thoughts. John 14, 26, But the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name. He shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. Isn't it amazing? You can be talking to somebody. You can't quote three verses Monday through Saturday, but you'll be talking to somebody and the Lord's really working all of a sudden. He brings things back 
You can quote a scripture or tell them to go read this. Or Where'd that come from? The Holy Ghost of God. Matthew 5, 4, Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. How many of y'all in this past year has had times of mourning? But, but they, ain't a, they ain't a saint of God in the building that can say every time you've been facing that trial of mourning, sadness, and sorrow, that He left you comfortless. Don't mean it always leaves or goes away instantly, but He's there to comfort you. You'd be having a breakdown, then ten minutes later you're alright. Where'd that come from? John 16, 7, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send Him unto you. Jesus said that when He was leaving this earth after the resurrection. He said, I know y'all don't want me to go away, but you don't understand what I'm fixing to give you. Isn't it amazing that they all lived their life and they didn't have the indwelling of the Holy Ghost? You don't talk about forsaking all and following Christ. They didn't have the Holy Ghost in them, pushing them and motivating them and driving them. They didn't have that Holy Ghost seal of promise and security, my friend. And he looked at him and he said, I know y'all want me to stay, but if I stay, I can't send the Comforter. A good day, friend, when our Lord ascended to the Father and He sent us the sweet Holy Ghost that will comfort us in our times of trouble. Thank God I'm a debtor to the Spirit of God tonight. He's a comforter. The Bible said, I'll pray, John 14, 16, the Father, and He shall give you another comforter that He may abide with you forever. Looky here. He ain't never leaving. Psalms 118.5 I called upon the Lord in distress. The Lord answered me. And He set me in a large place. Isaiah 51.12 I, even I, am He that comforteth you. Who art thou? That thou shouldest be afraid of a man that shall die and the son of a man which shall be made as grass. John 15.26 But when the Comforter is come whom I will send unto you from the Father even the Spirit of truth which proceedeth from the Father, He shall testify of me. Isn't it amazing that the Spirit of God amens the Word of God? Even when we don't like what's being said sometimes or what we've read sometimes, if you're saved and that comforter's in you, He's shouting, Amen. You know it's right. You might not always listen at first, but if you're saved, You know what's right because God is saying hallelujah. Amen. That's right on the inside of the child of God. I say this tonight. If you're not careful, you will ignore the voice of the Holy Spirit. You'll get upset at the very voice of God all because you've reached a place that you've forgotten that you are a debtor to Him. I ain't got time to preach these other two. I'll mention them. Maybe try to. Thirdly, as a saved child of God, you're a debtor to the Scriptures. You're in debt to this book. We're debtors to the Scriptures. 
Verse number six said, For be carnally mind is death, be spiritually mind is life and peace, because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. Can I tell you, before you were saved, you had zero understanding. You had zero submission. Look here. If you're saved, there's something in you. You might not always do it, but there's something in you that says, I need to do what that says. What is that? It's the witness of the Holy Ghost. And we are in debt to the Scriptures. I want to remind you of something. Still the Word of God that's a lamp into our feet and a light into our path. It's still, the Bible said it's the washing of the water by the Word. Say, why do we come to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday? It's not always, uh, my friend, just to get a good meal. Sometimes God will take a Sunday or a Wednesday and wash us out and clean us up. This Word will wash you. It'll keep you on that straight and narrow. It'll keep you living a righteous life. The song says it best that this book will keep you from sin or sin will keep you from this book. The scriptures were in debt to them. And I say your carnal mind cannot and will not ever be submitted or surrendered to the scriptures. But once you're saved, you're a new creature. That inner man is to be led and fed by the word of God. I'm going to give you some verses on the mind. The Bible said the carnal mind, the wicked mind, the fleshly mind, the sinner's mind is not subject to the law of God or the Scriptures. 2 Corinthians 4, 2 said, In whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. You know what kind of mind this world has? A blinded mind. You ever try to talk to somebody and you just you can't understand why they can't understand? I don't understand why you don't understand. Well, I do. Their mind's blinded. That's why the Bible said, to them that perish, the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. But to us which are saved, it is the power of God unto salvation. Their minds are, are darkened and blinded. The Bible said in Ephesians 2, 3, Among whom also we had our conversation in times past in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. In Matthew 22, 37, Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul. And with all thy. Romans 12, 2. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your. That you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Ephesians 4, 11, 12, 13, 14, so on. Listen. And he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, teachers, for the perfecting of the saints, the work of the ministry, the edifying of the body of Christ. 
Till we all come in the unity of the faith and knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slate of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie and wait to deceive but speaking the truth in love may grow up into him all things which is the head even Christ from whom the whole body fitly joined and compacted that by which every joint supplieth according to the effectual working in the measure of every part maketh increase of the body and the edifying of itself in love listen now this I say therefore and testify in the Lord that you henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind having their understanding darkened being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart who being past feeling have given themselves over to lasciviousness to work all uncleanliness uh, with greediness but ye have not so learned Christ if so be that ye have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus that ye put off the uh, put off concerning the form, former conversation the old man which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust and be renewed in the spirit of your mind and that ye put on the new man which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness I read that fast. But if you'll read that, it's amazing. You know what God has said there? Let me sum it up. Red, redneck vernacular. God's given us some apostles and teachers and preachers, evangelists, blah, blah, blah. And He's done it all for the perfecting of the body. The saints. Don't know why I'm here tonight. It's not just to bring Him glory, but it completes the body. You know what we have here tonight? We have a body. You don't want to know what formed this body. It wasn't entertainment. It, 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 it wasn't we had a social club or a latte bar or a dance team or, or, or this, that, or the other. This ain't a social gathering. This ain't a club. This ain't a clubhouse. This ain't a playground or a nursery. It's a church. And it's been built around preaching. And we're here tonight because of the preaching. The scriptures have been told. God said that's exactly the intent. Behind the man of God preaching the word of God is to bring the saints together, put each person in their particular place. Can I say every one of you got a job to do? But before you'll ever be able to do it, you must understand something. You're in debt to this book. The scriptures. Why is it so important you're here to hear the preaching? Because it's molding you and making you and forming you and fitting you into the body. Again, I may preach something tonight and it challenged one of the preachers, but it may comfort somebody else. And they needed comforted to be an effectual part of the functioning of this body. And they might have needed convicted to be, to be effective and functional to this body. I mean, we don't know our needs, but God uses the Scriptures. To conform us, mold us, and make us and plug us into the body that we can do what we're supposed to do. Through the preaching of the Word of God. James 4 8 says, Draw nigh to God, He'll draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double minded. Shoo, I could preach a country mile on this. Carnal mind cannot surrender and submit and be subject to the scriptures or the law of God. 
But if you're saved, have the mind of Christ. The Scriptures should be a daily washing of that mind. You're a debtor. You're a debtor. Man, ain't enough time in the day. As a debtor to the Scriptures, number one, you're to look at them. 2 Timothy 2.15 Study show thyself proven unto God a word and need not be ashamed right but divine the word of truth. Colossians 1, 9 and 10. I ain't got time to read it all. Did y'all know this was in your Bible? Is everybody okay? 1 Timothy 4.13 Till I come give attendance to reading to exhortation and to doctrine. Jesus said I'm going away Here's what I'm going to give you all to do until I come. Read your Bibles. Must be important. Somebody said, there ain't any verse in there that talks about how we got to be faithful reading that Bible. I beg the differ. I beg the differ. It's not just a book to drag out when somebody's got a nosebleed. Say amen. Y'all know what I'm talking about, don't you? Some people never pick their Bible up until the sinuses dried out. And they went over to such and such and prayed, and you know, the little nosebleed stopped. Hey, this book is rich. Let me tell you something. You'll never exhaust this book. I'm be honest with you. I've got to hurry. I got three minutes. I'm gonna stop. I'm not gonna finish again. I first started pastoring. One thing that worried me the most was I would think. How in the world am I going to go in there with something different to preach? Pray times a week. Those are my biggest worries. I thought these people was expecting me to have something. And I mean, I ain't going to preach so much. I don't have a world. I'm going to do that. Seven years later, I'm thinking, ain't no way I'm ever going to preach through that book. Because I can read it. Set it down, take a nap, come back and read it, and God show me something new. Amen. And then again. And then again. And then again. I mean, you can stay in one chapter and get fed for about 10 years. Amen. Because it's a living Word of God. Amen. Listen, we'll go home. Some of y'all people are tired of something. If you'll really devote your life to this Bible, as a debtor. Not, boy, it's a good church service. Up Wednesday. Boy, it's a good church service. Up Sunday. Boy, it's a good church service. Up Sunday night. Ah, uh, Lord, we got revival. Just keep it in the pew. Come on, somebody. Oh, I've heard this. I've heard this. I, I mentioned it. You read the Bible this week? Yep. Yeah. Well, Come over to church four days this week. It's in the same place. I've got a hunk Bibles. You might, but they don't look good. Come on, somebody. You ought not say it. Ain't none of your business. I'm, I mean, y'all do what you want. It just don't look real good. People come in close to church and there's 14 Bibles in here. That's precious. I can't say enough about it, really. Without that, we all be in hell. 
How would, we, how would we have known what God done for us without this? It's good enough to get us saved, but boy, we can't hold five times time for it through the week. See, now I'm talking to people, and they, you know, I'm getting stuff now. Are you really dedicated as a debtor? Or do you just take that for granted as well? I love the Lord and I love His 